So today we're going to be uh, we're going to be continuing our journey, learning through uh, what it looks like to love like Jesus through the lens of the Sermon on the Mount. Thus far, we have looked at several different portions of Scripture from 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 Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that we find in Matthew five through seven, uh, which also happens to be the longest sermon of Jesus that you find in Scripture, and certainly uh, the most the most prominent one or the most well known one. So what we've done over the last uh, several weeks, um, ex excluding one week, is we looked into the Sermon on the Mount to discover what it looks like to love like Jesus as Jesus spoke his words and, and gives us these directions. Specifically, we have looked at three different areas. We have looked at loving our enemies, perhaps one of the most uh, difficult challenges or directives, however you want to look at it, that Christ gives us. To love our enemies through thick and thin, not just, not, just, not just on the surface, but to genuinely and authentically love uh, the unlovable, or the ones who are, to us seem unlovable at times. Also, we looked at not seeking revenge and retaliation. We looked at the fact that Jesus said that you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for the tooth. But Jesus Christ says that is not the way of God. Uh, that we are not to seek revenge, that we are not to seek retaliation uh, against anyone uh, when they hurt us, when they harm us. Even, even, in, even Christ says in, at, at times, perhaps even in the face of violence. And uh, lastly, from, as far as the Sermon on the Mount is concerned, we looked at what it looks like to be light in the world and uh, salt of the earth. We talked about being the light of Jesus Christ to the world. We talked about being the light, the, the love of Jesus Christ in the world. We talked about uh, what it means to be the salt of the earth and to flavor the world with, with, uh, with the love of Christ. So today we're going to continue this theme. We're going to continue looking at what it looks like to love like Jesus through the lens of the Sermon on the Mount. But this time we're going to be looking at the condition. We're going to be looking at the condition, if you will, or the state of mind or the state of our hearts that state of our hearts that really sets the stage and enables us to carry out these things that we're talking about, enemy love, uh, not seeking retaliation. We're going we're gonna to figure out and discover also one of the biggest and one of the most prominent idols in our lives. One of these idols, one of these sins that blocks and hinders us from truly being able to authentically love as Christ calls us to. So if you have a Bible with you or if you have a Bible app, uh, you have a smartphone there with you that you can pull it up, turn over to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. Just a few verses this morning. Matthew 6. Verses 1 through 4. So start in verse 1. And these again are the words of Christ. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets so that they may be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. 
Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And that is the word of God for the people of God. But before we go any further, before we look any deeper into these scriptures, I want us to go back just a little bit and look at some scripture from the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's some scripture that we have not covered yet. And it is found in what we commonly refer to as the Beatitudes at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's a series of blessings. Uh, the Beatitudes are a series of blessings here at the beginning of the sermon that really set the stage and, and laid the foundation for the entire sermon. So if you want to flip back maybe a page or two, we're just going to be looking at one verse. One verse there in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Jesus says these words, and I'm going to repeat them twice. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You see, loving like Jesus requires proper motivations. Loving like Jesus requires proper intent. It's not so much about the things that we do. It's not so much about what we do or what we give or how much we give, if you will. In the case of today's scripture, for example, Christ is talking about giving to the poor. If we read our scriptures today, however, in both places, what we find, again, is that it's not so much about what we do, but why we do the things that we do. In our scripture today, Jesus calls out our tendency that we have towards our misplaced intentions. In the very first sentence, he calls out our self-righteousness. If you remember correctly, when I started the sermon... Here's what we found uh, to be one of our most prominent idols, self-righteousness. Why do we do the things that we do? Let's bring it a little bit closer to home if you're a member here at Broxton United Methodist or if, or if you're familiar with Broxton United Methodist. Why do we have a blessing box outside of our church? Why do we have a food pantry? Why do we get together to make bags for our local school children, food bags for our local school children? Why do we contribute financially to the church? And this list could go on and on for us locally. But considering both scriptures today, we ask ourselves some very poignant questions. Do we do these things so that we can look good in the eyes of our community? Do we do these things so that we can look good in the eyes of others? In the eyes of people? Do we do these things so that we can get public acclaim or public notoriety? Do we get it? So do we do these things simply so we can be noticed? Here's one that's probably going to rub some folks the wrong way. 
Do we do the things that we do? Do we do these good works so that we can get our photograph in the local newspaper or so that we can post our photographs to our social media pages? This is hypocritical giving, and that's exactly the word that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 6. He calls out this type of hypocritical giving. He says, don't announce your giving with trumpets in the synagogues and on the streets so that you can be honored by others. Then he proceeds to use a little bit of hyperbole, a little bit of exaggeration. He says, as a matter of fact, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that everything that you do is done in secret. Why do we do the things that we do? What is our motive? What is our purpose? What is our intention? Because that's what, that's what Christ cares about. It's not the what, it's the why. Christ cares about the condition of our hearts. We can do all the good works in the world, but if the condition of our hearts is, is self-righteous and not pure, it has no purpose. And it's certainly not coming from the right place. I have implored our congregations over the last year and a half uh, to really practice the discipline of self-examination. I have challenged, I challenge myself, I challenge our congregations to search our souls, to search our minds, to search our hearts, to search our actions. If you happen to be or are familiar with 12-step programs such as Alcoholics Anonymous, this is what they call taking a spiritual and moral inventory of themselves. I've encouraged you guys to do that. I've encouraged, I, I, I myself challenge myself to do that, to evaluate myself in the light of the gospel, to evaluate myself in the light of scripture, to evaluate my actions, more so to evaluate what we're talking about today, and that is my intentions and my motivations, the why of, the, of why do I do the things that I do. And we have to ask ourselves, do we do these things out of the pureness of our hearts? If you happen to be a Methodist and you're watching this sermon today, you probably know that the, 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 uh, the discipline of self-examination is, is, is a historical discipline within, within the Methodist tradition uh, that, that, that lies at the very, very heart of, of what created the Methodist movement, this self-examination. Examining our words, examining our attitudes, confessing and repenting if need be. And it's not for the purpose of beating ourselves up, far from it. It's for the purpose of recognizing these things in ourselves. And it's for the purpose of turning these things over to our Creator, turning these things over to Jesus, and allowing the Holy Spirit or allowing God to work His grace through us and through these disciplines of self-examination to transform us and to mold us into the mind and into the heart of Christ. Why do I do the things that I do, specifically today when it comes to our good works or our giving? Why do I give? 
Am I doing it to be recognized? Why do I, why, why do, why do, why do I, why do I, why do I contribute financially? Of course. But why do I do any, any other kind of good work? What's my motivation? Am I doing it for self-recognition or am I doing it simply out of the pureness of our heart? Jesus talks multiple times throughout the Sermon on the Mount on the subject of heart purity, <laughs> on the subject of, the, of, 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 of pureness of heart. We haven't gotten to these scriptures yet in our journey, but if you happen to look just a little bit below today's scriptures, Christ talks about self-righteous prayer. He talks about self-righteous prayer versus prayer that truly comes from the purity of our hearts. In those scriptures, he admonishes those who utilize prayer in public as a means of giving off a holy apprentice. That's their motivation, is they want to appear holy. They want to, honestly, they want to appear better than. So they offer these long and uh, uh, extensive prayers. That's where, the, that's where the conditions of their hearts lie. Not through the purity of hearts. A few verses below that, he again addresses purity of heart when it comes to the discipline of fasting. So this theme is found constantly, constantly, not only throughout Scripture, but especially here in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's really our foundation, as I began this sermon with. It's really our foundation of knowing, learning, discovering, and applying what it looks like to love like Jesus. This is really the how of it. This is the this is the this is the framework. This is the foundation. Because if our hearts aren't pure, we're just we're just spinning our wheels. Some of you um, are very familiar with the with the uh, devotional resource that I use. Uh, it is called Lectio 365. It's a it's a resource that I've I use in my personal life, and it's a resource that I've used on a number of occasions um, here at the church. Uh, various video lesson, lessons, and I've mentioned it uh, that we've done during the pandemic, and uh, and uh, I've mentioned it a number of times in our sermons. Anyway, Lectio 365 is a is a devotional app that you can download to your smartphone, and um, I generally look at it every day. Now. In the preparation of this sermon, I had no idea that the folks behind the Lectio 365 devotion would also be focusing on these same scriptures, Matthew 6, 1 through 4, uh, during their devotions this week. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, so with that, I want to share a couple of thoughts that came that I pulled out from this app on some, uh, on, on some things that they had to say in regards to purity of heart and especially in regards to the scriptures that we utilized today. And this was from Wednesday's devotion. And the author wrote, regarding Matthew 6, 1 through 4, in just a few sentences, Jesus has exposed one of the biggest idols, there's that word again, idols that we face being approved of and being appreciated by others 
Every day we read news stories glorifying the generous, highlighting the honorable, and celebrating celebrity. But the way of Jesus is actively set against popular culture. He calls us to practice the very opposite of what the human heart so often does. We are called to serve in secret for the glory of God, for the glory of God alone. Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we give what we give? Why do we participate in any form of charitable work or good works in general? Don't seek worldly approval. If it's for the purpose of worldly approval, again, I would invite you to exercise self-examination and to give that to God and to allow Him to transform you and your thinking from the inside out to transform your thinking into the mind of Christ. Don't seek worldly approval that's only temporary. You might get your photograph in the newspaper. You might get your photograph on Facebook. But as Jesus said in the scriptures today, that worldly acclaim, that worldly notoriety, maybe that little pat that you get on the shoulder, is the only reward that we get. Instead, let's search our hearts. Let's examine our attitudes. Let's examine our motivations. And may our hearts... And may our intentions be made pure. And may we be transformed from the inside out by the grace of God. Pray with me. Dear Lord, we confess that sometimes our good deeds do in fact come from selfish motives. Lord, purify our hearts. Let us know who we can secretly serve today. We give you our hearts, we give you our motives. We ask that you purify them so that we can serve solely and only from a place of authentic, Christ-like love. Remind us, Lord, that our status is found only in you. And we yield ourselves today to you and to you alone. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.